Welcome to You Can't Kill Me, every Slipknot song one by one, except, Dave, we are talking to some fellow Slipknot fans nowadays, aren't we? We are indeed, yeah. So, very delighted to bring you Sammy from Employed to Serve. Hell Hello, yeah. Sammy. Yeah, let's talk about some Slipknot. Let's talk about some Slipknot. Um, we're going to go right to the beginning. Cool. It's a good place to so, start. Your relationship with Slipknot has become kind of legendary around the, the sort of bands and fans and podcasts that we know of. Yeah. yeah. Um, where did that begin for you? Oh, literally like, that's like ground zero of metal for me, I'd say, almost. It's like at the point where I can't kind of like like pick out whether it was Slipknot or Tony Hawk's Pro Skater 2 or something else that kind of put me on the path that I'm on now, but... Yeah, like all the way back, like the biggest, biggest sort of like thing that I can, you know, claim as the spark for what created, you know, the fire that is my Grebo life. (laughs) (laughs) Does it go all the way back to sort of the self-titled when it came out? Yeah, well, I got into him, yeah, sort of probably maybe half a year or so after it came out, so like 2000. So it was before Iowa and sort of, yeah, during the the self-titled album cycle. And I just remember like teenagers older than me and stuff because i guess i would have been sort of i don't know like 10 or something like that just walking around wearing slipknot hoodies and i was just like terrified but fascinated at the same time just like what is this like it's it just it looks incredible and then eventually did listen to it and yeah just i don't know once again once i heard it it was kind of like this kind of scares me but i keep wanting to list like go back to it you know what i mean yeah something made total sense yeah 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 100 percent. and what about what about their influence on you as a musician I mean what are you playing now you are the master of the riff and oh, right. you know like that's very nice there is there is a lot of good riffs in Slipknot's back catalog. were they quite influential on you when you started picking up a guitar and playing 100% I'd say it's yeah kind of interesting actually I'd say like that's kind of manifested itself more later on in life because I think when I was younger, I didn't kind of have the musical ear to kind of pick it, like, just the riffs out of all the chaos that's going on, because obviously you have the percussion, you have the samples, and it's all sort of kicking off. So I wouldn't say from the get-go they were, like, a huge... I mean, they were a huge influence, but not necessarily on what I would write. It was more maybe, say, like, bands like Rage Against the Machine or something that was a bit more, like, single guitar-driven that kind of, you know, influenced early stuff. But now, sort of later on in life and you know particularly like writing stuff with ETS and stuff I think it's coming out more now if you know what I mean I was going to say with Employed to Serve like there's there's some bands where you can definitely hear the influence of Slipknot and I think that's pretty fair to say with Employed to Serve there is is a fair chunk of Slipknot throw my hands up and say I'm guilty of that but not not just in the sound as well I mean is it like you've got you've got your windbreakers which are a bit boiler suity yeah really. yeah this feels like a bit of a tribal element to it is that fair 100 percent. yeah like i just i love the whole unified thing and i wanted to try and have a go as best as like as best as we could to kind of give out the feeling that slipknot did with calling their fans maggots when they were young uh, what you know back in the day and as they still do now actually it's like it's like you just i don't know you feel part of something there was like i've said it before where like being a fan of Slipknot is almost like being, I don't know, a fan of a football club. It was like other, there was other bands and then there was Slipknot. You kind of like, I don't know, as cheesy as it sounds, there was like a special feeling you kind of felt, or at least I felt when I was younger, putting like a Slipknot t-shirt on. You kind of, like you say, yeah. felt part of a tribe and part of a kind of collective. And, and musically, their influence on, on Employed to Serve in particular, where, where do you see that coming from? Is it, is it the, 
the groove, the aggression, all of it. Yeah, I get. I, yeah, groove, groove, aggression. I mean, you know, I obviously love the whole, you know, sort of like, sort of mimicking the sort of dive bomb by just like bending the guitar note, like in Eyeless or Diluted and stuff like that. You know, yeah, I guess from multiple angles, musically, definitely, and also, yeah, with how we kind of like want to present ourselves as a bit of a unit you know what I mean not come on stage sort of everyone because we are in some ways quite different people you know what I mean in terms of like we obviously have the bands that we bond over Slipknot being one of them but musically we are all kind of from different backgrounds so we don't want to kind of come on stage and look like oh there's the death metal dude and here's that dude and stuff we kind of want to come out and be like this is ETS yeah. without sounding too too cheesy about it there's an attitude yeah. with it as well like we've seen you a couple of times this year already this year it was wasn't it no Nottingham when was that yeah. December that'll do close enough um, and seen you previously as well and we, we just know that within the first 30 seconds of an ETS show you can have four bad motherfuckers in, in windbreakers at the front of the stage shouting in your face yeah and yeah. that is yeah we want there to be like yeah we want there to be an instant change of like vibe you know what i mean it's like i mean well on that tour that wasn't probably the most diverse tour that we have been on but once again every band's kind of got their own thing going on and we just kind of like want to make sure that when we come on there's a sort of a definite kind of change in the atmosphere if you know what i mean whether it's uh a good one or a bad one i don't know (laughs) (laughs) it's it's a good one oh sorry Merch is an important thing in, in employed to surf world as well. And you yeah. pick that up as a, as a fan, you know, when I'm just following on social media and following you on tour, you can see that new t-shirts, new new gear yeah. is a big part of what you do. How much of the business side of things is, is taken from Slipknot's ethos in the early days? Mm, uh, I guess on the merch side, we haven't thought about it too much. I mean, I guess in a way, obviously, since we have like our windbreakers up for sale, that's that's kind of similar to Slipknot with the whole sort of tribal aspect again but not not a conscious like kind of decision or at least not a conscious kind of influence from Slipknot on the merch front but going back to the whole tribal thing again we wanted to make sure like the jackets were like available and it wasn't just like an exclusive thing you know what I mean I guess we're kind of better set up for that because there's not many people who want to like do the whole boiler suit thing for like an entire (laughs) show you'd probably like melt before it's over but yeah, no, definitely wanted to hammer home the whole kind of unit thing, and it's cool when people turn up and they're also wearing the jackets yeah. as well. It's awesome. Very cool. And what about in terms of like how you, as you're developing and you're playing bigger, bigger crowds and bigger stages, mm. there's definitely been a shift in your sound in terms of not losing any of the aggression, not losing anything of your essence, but sure. maybe writing songs that fit bigger stages. And oh, that, 100%. That yeah. kind of ties in with where Slipknot were going. I mean, we, we've talked on our regular episodes when we've delved into songs from Iowa, and it's like they already knew what size stage they were playing. Like, has, Do you see any parallels in terms of like how you've shifted your approach to songwriting and, and maybe maybe gone for hooks or bigger grooves yeah. where earlier on you might have just been more chaos yeah for sure I mean it was a conscious decision even prior to us sort of kind of getting any sort of hype I guess you could say or kind of momentum or following but when we were doing the warmth of a dying sun and we included songs like I spend my days and good for nothing that were sort of more groove and kind of catch orientated we just kind of after doing greater than you remember and writing a bunch of other kind of scatty songs we kind of felt like mm, like we didn't just kind of want to spin our wheels and do another kind of like 
botched Dillinger worship mm. record. We were all like such big fans of bands like Deftones, Wilhaven and Slipknot. And we hadn't kind of flexed that, flex that musical muscle of like trying to write uh, a simple song that keeps someone's interest. You know what I mean? Because I think that's not saying that we've necessarily achieved that, but that's definitely an art all its own, trying to write a song that is kind of more simple, like a verse, chorus, verse, middle eight, but yeah. keeping, keep keeping people's attention. Yeah. And I think Slipknot are the masters, like going back to Iowa, at writing, or even self-titled, writing songs that are so aggressive, haven't compromised whatsoever, but they still have a hook. You know what I yeah. mean? And that's definitely... That definitely was an influence. We wanted to try that. Compromise the, don't compromise the aggression whatsoever, but try and write music that sticks in people's heads at the same time. Yeah. Where does that level of heaviness fit in with your overall long-term ambition for size of band that you want oh, to Oh, it's, it's, kind of, it's kind of paramount for us because, I mean, you know, obviously not being like, you know, Millicent Grebar or whatever, yeah. but like we kind of are quite proud about being like a, a heavy metal band. And, you know, obviously I'm, I, it's one of those sort of difficult lines to walk where you don't obviously want to make boundaries and kind of put yourself in a box but at the same time it's like we want to make sure it's always aggressive and it's always a bit kind of like of a challenging listen you know but also once again trying to write music that kind of sticks with people and not being aggressive for this or chaotic for the sake of being chaotic you know i'm in the middle of writing an article about trust between bands and, and their fans both ways yeah and that's what that's what you need you need guys like us to trust you to take a step outside the box that you might exist in yeah you know, yeah but by this point a large box but still you know something that, that potentially has boundaries attached to it yeah and yeah you need to be able to trust me to go with you yeah and that is the only way that a band is going to develop yeah totally and sometimes on like first listen and stuff you know you might you might be a bit like, oh, I don't know about this, but then, like, you kind of... Yeah, I mean, because, like, when Slipknot's third album came mm. out, you know what I mean, especially with the opening track and stuff, at first I was kind of like, as a massive maggot, I was kind of like, don't know about this. But obviously they were wanting to do something different. They'd yeah. done two albums that were based almost entirely around open Threat 1 and Threat, like, 13. You know what I mean? They probably wanted to, like, try something else out. And, yeah, and like, like you say, it's that kind of trust, you know what I mean? You kind of go with it and, you, you know, at first you might be like, I'm not too sure. And then, yeah, you know what I mean? You can you get into it. So we're going to jump into our quick fire round now. So this is just, like, off the top of your head. This is total thinking pure slipknot stuff nice, don't think nice. about it too much just it just what let's have your answer the old dome yeah <laughs> sick so to kick it off what's your favorite slipknot album oh man this is the like the toughest one isn't it uh, i'm gonna go self-titled yeah. fuck it yeah there was a certain energy surrounding self-titled which i think iowa was cool because the payoff was there but like i don't know the i don't know the, the mystery of the mm. first album is just yeah. ridiculous yeah Next up, who is your favourite member and what's your favourite mask of theirs? I was always a big fan of Chris Fenn, so when he okay. got kicked out, I was pretty gutted about that. Just because I thought his backing vocals were sick, yeah. the way he'd like, bang on top of all his like, you know, drums and stuff was awesome. And obviously he flipped off the crowd the most, and if, if anyone's ever been to an ETS show... <laughs> I love, I love, yeah, ripping that yeah. off for sure. For the record, the correct response is to give it back, right? Yeah, hundred percent. Don't take it as an insult. Just yeah, put it, give it straight back. Not a fan of Tortilla Man so much there. I, no, to be, I'm just jealous of Tortilla Man because Tortilla yeah. Man, I feel like should have been me. Like I'd have ditched DTS and a like heartbeat to be up there just smacking shit out of those drums. 
if you were going to have a line or a lyric from Slipknot's back catalogue tattooed to your skin, what yeah. would it be? Well, me and Sam were both talking about this before, and I don't know what he said, but we were just like, oh, it's obviously I want to slit your throat and fuck the wound. I don't know if he said that. He didn't, he didn't. Yeah, we're just like, well, that's like the hardest line to ever open a song, surely. Yeah, um, yeah so fuck it, I'll go with that. Yeah. Why not? In fact, Sam was quite specific about not having a swear, wasn't he? Yeah, he oh, wanted to be able to explain yeah. it to his nan. Trying to, yeah, be more of an, an intellectual, I see. Well, he wanted to be able to explain it to his nan as well. So. Oh, okay, yeah. fair enough, fair enough. Um, and last one in the, in the, in the quickfire round. What's your all-time favourite Slipknot song? Oh, this is tough. This is tough. I'm going to, I mean... I'm not going to try and be, choose a deep cut for the sake of being cool. I'm just going to. I'm going to go with surfacing. Surfacing's the best track. Sit like the most simple and like, quite frankly, in not in a in a this way dumb chorus, but still mm-hmm. somehow at the age of almost being thirty, still resonates. You know what I mean? Yeah. Good. Yeah. And 100%. it works beautifully live as well. Oh, it's still it like a, a real cornerstone of the live show. Yeah. I assume you've got some some miles with Slipknot live have you been to yeah the- I mean it's always a bit of a, a bit of a painful one for me because I didn't see him until the third record I think that I've, I either saw him first time supporting Metallica or at the, the do you remember the Unholy Alliance tour yeah yeah, yeah. yeah I went to the, the London day of that with like it was sick it was Slayer Slipknot Hatebreed and Mastodon yeah um, so yeah I've, I've, I've seen him a bunch of times but I never for me I didn't yeah, I wish I saw him on the Iowa tour I was just a little bit too young to go to the show at the time. Yeah. That was my first time seeing him. Well, you saw him on that tour? On the Iowa tour, yeah. So I was, I was in the Roadrunner Street team at that point, so I got to meet him so afterwards sick. as well. <laughs> and yeah, it was like, I just missed out. We were saying we both just missed out on the self-titled tour. Yeah. So getting him on the Iowa tour in arenas and yeah, just seeing the bewildered look of parents afterwards it would come to pick people up just like what is going on why are all these people wearing masks and boiler suits I mean they were just like that was such an incredible era for them I mean they've had lots of obviously incredible eras but like I mean I used to come home and watch disaster pieces just like non-stop I mean just seeing a band that heavy like you know I mean perform to that many people was nuts there's still room for a production as well it's it's, yeah nobody's too cool to put on a show no no not at all like yeah and it didn't you know what I mean and with them as well even with like the cool stuff and like Joey's like mad drum sailor and that it didn't didn't reek at all of like trying to go over the top to kind of make their music and their presence more impressive they kind of had all that and then all the extra bits as well you know what I mean yeah so one of the things we do on our regular episodes when we're we're going in one song at a time we'll if there's cover versions available we'll pick out those and talk about them as well so while you're here We've got to talk to you about your version of Purity. Yeah, sure. Fucking excellent. We have <laughs> oh, actually done this you. episode. We have, we? yeah, we have. This was in our first season. I mean, we, we were very complimentary about your version of oh, Purity when we chatted about it. How did that come about and why, why that song in particular? I mean, my guess when we talked about it was the riff, but yeah. was, there, was there a reason you went for Purity? I, I, we may, I mean, one of the big re- reasons, obviously, being the riff, because that kind of style of Slipknot riff is obviously an influence on us and is apparent in, apparent in some of our tracks. Uh, we just felt like we should try and do something a little bit different as well. We didn't want to do, like, Eyeless or do Surfacing or Sick. It's, you know, as great as those songs are, but they've probably been covered quite a few times. And also, when I was younger, like, the, the whole... I don't know, Purity seemed kind of dangerous, I mean, because yeah. it had been taken off the record. Obviously, it transpires, it's a completely, like, fictional concept, but I do remember back in the... God, I sound old now, but back in the days before, like, 
there was like loads of information on the internet about it. it like there was the rumours of like, oh no, legit, like a, a girl had been buried alive, and you know the song's been taken off the record because of some legal reasons to do with that. So I do remember like thinking like, oh, that song's kind of scary just because of like all of the, yeah, all the stuff surrounding it. So it's yeah. kind of stuck with me over the years. And was it? It's quite your version is is probably what most people would expect if they saw Employed to Serve have done a cover of Purity. It's quite a straight cover in your style. Yeah. Was there, was there ever any any temptation to deconstruct it and reconstruct it, or did you always just want Def- to just mean, play it through? De- definitely. Like, cause I always feel like if you're going to do a cover, you've got to kind of put your own spin on it. So. I'd be quite brutal with like the two covers that we've done where like their bands like we've covered Norma Jean as well yeah. as as well as Slipknot yeah. and obviously two bands that we, we love very much. But personally speaking, as much fun as I had doing those songs, I don't feel like we've added added a lot to them. So I, I mean in an ideal world, like because we were quite against it time wise doing mm, doing right. the Purity cover and the Norma Jean one, I think maybe we would have picked a different song or maybe gone to more efforts to kind of like change it up a little bit. Because like you always want to kind of put your 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 own stamp on it, you know what I mean. So we we just kind of went the route of like let's just do it, like our kind of sound, which is you know what I mean, just a bit kind of more straight up and just abrasive, you know what I mean. Well, you you nailed it anyway, so I won't worry. It works really well. I think one of the things we spoke about when we discussed it on the the main show was that in some regards the original is a, a little thin. Sonically, yeah, yeah. yeah. So it's quite nice to hear it filled out by a really fucking right. horrible band. Because I guess on yeah, on the self-titled, it's like that drum sound, which yeah. which I love. But I suppose for like the kind of more straightforward, just heavy chuggy riffs, it's not kind of like the snare sound you want, or you yeah. know what I mean? Yeah. It was nice to just really hear it. So I think it works really well. And I think I think we could hear you smiling. As, the as bit where playing, like, I can 100% say I was smiling the most was doing the DJ scratches but on my guitar yeah that was sick <laughs> I had so much fun are you up to date with Slipknot's material fairly I mean enough so I mean I can throw my hands up and say I like I, I don't know like the later records inside and out is you like like the early ones but I definitely have you know have kept up it's been hard it would be hard not to particularly with the release of the last record mm. and obviously all the stuff of Chris Fenn and Tortilla Guy and, and all the rest of it so yeah I saw him live recently as well obviously on with uh, Behemoth at the O2 yeah what, what, what do you think of the most recent album because like for us it was like it's Chris's album of the year the only album that I had higher on my list was your album actually oh, last year. Sorry, that I'm sounds sorry. like a really bad. That, it's that okay. Really it's cheesy, not. I can I can let it. I can let <laughs> it, was, it slide. It was yeah. pretty high up my list as well. To yeah. be honest, yeah. I can definitely let it slide. <laughs> yeah. But yeah, with the new album, like I mean, I need, I would need to listen to it a lot more to kind of make a real like, kind of educated review on it. But yeah. like, I dig it though. You know what I mean? I, I think, unfortunately for 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 me, like it's always going to be hard to try and recreate the kind of presence they had on those first two records but what I've come to accept though is like you know what I mean you, nowadays you've got people who got into them much later on like All Hope Is Gone might have been their first record that they heard of Slipknot and they're going to maybe have like similar kind of feelings that I do towards you know the early records but for that album instead so like I think it's good I think it's a really good record the songs yeah. are catchy like uh, you know unsated and all out life and stuff and also they're still heavy you know yeah. what I mean the fact that they're, they're they're headlining like the O2 Arena, selling it out, playing legit 
heavy metal you know what i mean they haven't compromised whatsoever sure they've gone in different directions and tried stuff out but i don't feel they've ever going back to what we were saying before compromised their aggressiveness you know so yeah no i think you know very much a good record and still have a lot of respect for what the band yeah. does well, park slip not briefly to talk about your latest album sure uh, which i think it's fair to say was well received in the press yeah i, feel, um, I, I think so what, like, so when you get an accolade like like kerrang um gave you what what What's the impact of that on a, a band's day-to-day life? Yes, yeah, it's, it's it's huge, man. Like particularly with with um, the end of last year, with Eternal Fourth Motion making like the you know albums uh, you know the end of the year list again, and then also it was the end of the decade, so it went back to Warm for the Dying Sun being one of like the albums of the decade, and seeing like both records in that magazine, one the album of the one of the albums of the decade, and one you know one of the albums of the year it was like holy shit that's yeah you know what I mean quite I don't know it's a weird feeling it's a great one yeah. for sure but like very bizarre you know but no we were yeah so stoked on it you know yeah. and it was doing eternal forward motion it was like not that we really felt the pressure was on you know we were quite happy to get on with what we were doing and just write the music we were writing but after you know Warm for Dying Sun got like number one album of the year it was a little bit like oh shit you know what I mean like fuck this is what if like the next one doesn't even make the list at all you know <laughs> yeah. there's a little bit of that but no it's, it's an awesome feeling for sure we were stoked so bringing it back to Slipknot to finish then given that we are a Slipknot podcast yes when you thinking back to when you first heard them yeah what, what do you think there's a single thing you can pinpoint about Slipknot that has allowed them to endure for you and I guess for maggots all over the world like, yeah. is, is there something that means they're still here and they're still relevant and they're still still gathering fans at a rate of not <laughs> I just guess I mean I guess it's the whole aesthetic really you know what I mean with the masks and the music it's just such a I don't know they've just built up this overwhelming kind of force you know what I mean that like I guess for someone who's younger and into like you know what I mean alternative stuff mm. they're already like going like yeah kind of like skulls and maggots and shit like that you just can't help but like see you know see Slipknot and go like okay that looks like something I'm going to be into I don't know it's just they've really hit the nail on the head with just appealing to people into alternative stuff I mean you go to you go to a Slipknot show and you see people like across the spectrum you know what I mean you'll see like I don't know 50 year old dude wearing like a sleep t-shirt and then you'll see like I don't know, maybe some people who usually listen to pop punk. You'll see kids air drumming along. Obviously, there's that young dude who, yeah. you know what I mean, he was there with his dad. It's like, I don't know, they just really hit the nail on the head at, like, just appealing to a wide spectrum of, like, alternative fans. And I don't know what the secret is, and I wish I knew, but <laughs> hopefully hopefully I'll find out one day. Hopefully, <laughs> I, think, yeah. I think you're on the right path. Yeah. Oh, cheers. Well, congratulations on a phenomenal record. Oh, a thank great you so tour. much. Uh, being a married man. Oh, thank you very yeah. much. Yeah, big news in the world. I know. It seems seems awful. I keep saying it seems like awfully grown up. You know what yeah. I mean? Tell me. Have you met my wife? It just you know what I mean. It seems so strange. But in a good way. In a good way. Thank you very much. Uh, Pleasure appreciate all mine. your time. You can't kill me. It's produced by this decay, and we will be back. We will. Meadow. Sick. Uh,